Mind to Shift is a podcast that aims to inform on energy and climate-related affairs, with the intent to contribute to a low-carbon economy. My name is Caroline, and in today's episode, we'll be discussing the digital sector, a sector whose carbon impact is constantly increasing. And yet, it doesn't immediately come to mind when discussing environmental issues. For the general public and industry stakeholders, digital technology often goes hand in hand with reducing pollution since everything is dematerialized. No need for paper to send mail, no need for brick and mortar shops to sell products, and less need to travel, among other things. This matches the idea of infinite growth that some economists dream of, whereby technological progress helps reduce greenhouse gas emissions so much that we wouldn't have to worry about its environmental impacts. Digital technology is often highlighted for its ability to reduce the environmental footprint of other industries by computing optimized plans and scenarios. This trend is known as green IT or IT for green. But is the picture as rosy or as green as it seems? The SHIFT project looked at the environmental impact of digital technology in its Lean ICT report published at the end of 2018, followed by two more reports in 2019 and 2020. In all three reports, green IT turns out to be less promising than it seemed. In this episode, we'll discuss some of the key findings and conclusions of these reports. The first piece of information to keep in mind is that digital technology now accounts for around 4% of global greenhouse gas emissions. This is of a similar magnitude to the emissions from civil aviation, estimated at 2-6%, depending on the calculation method. Second piece of information, this footprint is growing by 9% each year. If emissions are not curbed, the digital sector's impact will almost double by 2025, accounting for 7.6% of global greenhouse gas emissions. This is no small increase and definitely a problem in a world where the consumption of energy and raw materials must decrease. We should also note that the energy intensity of ICT is rapidly increasing. Energy intensity is defined as the energy expenditure required for any given industry or sector to generate one euro or one point of GDP. A high energy intensity corresponds to an energy-hungry economy. In 2018, one euro of digital services consumed involved an energy expenditure that was 37% greater than in 2010. In other industries, the opposite trend is observed, so this again goes against the usual narratives around ICT and its constant improvements through optimization. Since 2013, CO2 emissions stemming from ICT have increased by about 450 million tonnes a year in OECD countries. In the same region and over the same period, overall emissions have gone down, by 250 million tonnes equivalent CO2. When we talk about emissions stemming from ICT, we mean, among other things, the emissions associated with the electricity production necessary to power devices, but, more importantly, the emissions of their production phase, which is much more carbon intensive. 
taking the example of a smartphone, about 90% of its life-cycle greenhouse gas emissions are tied directly to its manufacturing. The production of digital hardware requires a lot of raw materials, notably metals, including critical rare metals, meaning that their risk of undergoing a supply crunch within the next decades is high. For instance, indium is needed to make screens, lithium and cobalt for batteries, and we also need gold, platinum, gallium, tantalum, germanium. The proven reserves in these metals accessible with current technologies are limited. On top of this, their recycling processes are complex, or in some cases, impossible. These metals are used in alloys, often in small concentrations, meaning that only a small part is recycled, if at all. There are several aspects in a given metal's criticality. For our subject, let's keep in mind that we mine high concentration ore first, so as we mine more of the proven reserves, we tap into lower concentration ores. Declining concentrations imply an increase in energy consumption and environmental impacts, notably mine tailings, per unit of mass extracted. Another dimension has to do with supply risk, which stems from geopolitical concentration of primary production for some elements. The criticality of these metals thus raises issues as we increasingly come to rely on them, notably in low-carbon technologies. It's also important to reflect on the sourcing of these raw materials, as they tend to come from far away, and are often extracted in less than ideal conditions. We've now looked at the CO2 impact of manufacturing our digital devices, as well as the issues for accessing raw materials. Our next step is to consider the boom in the number of devices. The number of digital devices produced and used worldwide is growing extremely fast. There were 1.5 billion more smartphones in 2020 than in 2017. This increase is partly due to developing countries gradually adopting these devices, but it also owes a lot to our rapid renewal habits in developed countries. On average, people use a smartphone for less than two years before buying a new one. In addition, new connected devices are appearing, such as smart bracelets and speakers, but also refrigerators, coffee makers, thermostats, light bulbs, or even water bottles. It's expected that the number of these devices will increase fivefold in developed countries between 2012 and 2022. For a four-person household in a country like France, the number of smart objects is said to increase from 10 to 50. Manufacturing all these devices requires metals and induces greenhouse gas emissions. And for the devices to work, we need electricity and their end of life will also need to be managed, requiring more energy. Just like other products, these devices are quickly becoming obsolete under different kinds of pressure, fashion trends, software updates that make them slow, forward compatibility failures, etc. In parallel to the increase in the number of terminals, smartphones, computers, smartwatches, etc., we're also seeing an increase in the volume of data exchanged. 25% more traffic per year on public networks and 35% more traffic in data centers. 
Most of this traffic is through big tech companies, also known as FANG. And for the most part, it is video data. Even with fully optimized server and network infrastructures, this growth is impressive. For your information, the Shift project has calculated that sending an email with a one megabyte attachment emits 30 milligrams of CO2 equivalent in France. And playing a 10-minute video or downloading 100 megabytes emits 3 grams. This is a far cry from the impact of the manufacturing phase of devices. 61 kilogram of CO2 equivalent for a smartphone and 514 kilograms for a laptop. The often mentioned issues of food and transport also have a much stronger impact. A minced steak emits 4 kilograms of CO2 equivalent, and a 20-kilometer car journey emits 6 kilograms. In fact, as soon as they are deployed and available, these server and network infrastructures consume about the same amount of energy, whether we use them or not. The environmental impact of digital technology is for the most part linked with the manufacturing of all our everyday digital tools. Now, let's take a quick look at worldwide disparities. On average, in 2018, someone living in the US owns 10 devices and consumes 140 gigabytes of data per month, while someone living in India owns one device and consumes only 2 gigabytes of data over the same period. Overconsumption of digital data mainly happens in developed countries, but even so, 80% of people in developing countries own smartphones. As we can see, digital technology has a significant environmental impact and an enormous growth potential. But could it, as is sometimes claimed, improve the ecological balance sheet of other sectors through optimization? In the report entitled Lean ICT Towards Digital Sobriety, the SHIFT project looks at the practicality of using digital sensors and controllers to minimize the electricity consumption of lighting. These digital optimizations are relevant if the environmental impact of the added devices is lower than the savings made. Let's take the case study of smart light bulbs. They allow you to manage the intensity of the light, to set your lights to turn on and off at specific times or when you approach or leave the house, to make optimization calculations using algorithms, etc. But as most light bulbs are LEDs nowadays, whether they're connected or not, and consume little energy, lighting savings would need to be considerable to make it worthwhile. In the scenarios studied by the SHIFT project concerning private homes, the introduction of the smart layer only becomes relevant if the number of bulbs is increased significantly, let's say for recreational use with multicolored flashing lights. But then the whole system consumes more than before, which is counterproductive. In the case of professional premises of the service sector or for public lighting, the shift recommends considering each case individually. Their own case studies regularly show that installing simple sensors for presence or luminosity is enough to improve energy performance. The smart layer that allows, for example, to control brightness from an external device 
is not particularly relevant from the point of view of energy. This brings us to the key question. What can be done to reduce the environmental impact of digital technology? As with many other sectors, a large part of the solution is sobriety, to consume less. Less digital stuff, in particular, less equipment. The Shift Project's Lean ICT report contains proposals for companies, for example, extending the life of a computer from three to five years would reduce the greenhouse gas emissions of a company's active IT devices by 37%. The same goes for smartphones. Moving from two and a half to three and a half years of use would reduce their emissions by 26%. The shift also encourages good practices in companies, like using phones with two SIM cards, thus allowing both business and personal use on the same equipment. In all cases, implementing measures and using metrics that are understood and acted on by everyone helps identify the right mechanisms for action and to make the right decisions. For instance, displaying the environmental impact of screens can encourage advertisers to use fewer or smaller screens. The report, entitled Implementing Digital Sufficiency, goes further and presents methods for companies to reduce the environmental impact of information systems. It uses a systemic approach and a comparison with the situation of getting an overweight person back into shape. The aim is to address our risk of digital obesity. For us as individuals, the most effective action is to use as few digital devices as possible and to keep them for as long as possible. Getting a new phone every time a new model comes out, for example, is a very bad idea. Restricting the amount of data transferred is useful to avoid having to build new infrastructure, which will inevitably have an impact due to its production and operation. Opting for low-consumption models is also good practice. No surprises here. Small screen, small consumption. All of this requires us to think about whether and how meeting our day-to-day -day needs requires our arsenal of digital equipment. The most environmentally friendly device is therefore the one we already have, and the main thing is not so much to decrease our usual data consumption, but to limit its increase. The SHIFT project also reminds us that digital technology is embedded in society and in our lives through a system of uses and habits. For example, communication through images and videos rather than text is now widespread and fashionable. The use of addictive designs to capture attention, such as the autoplay feature of videos on social networks, is also mentioned in the report. These can only pull our digital consumption upwards and therefore increase its impact. As we have seen, digital technology is not immaterial. Our digital economy runs on terminals whose manufacturing pollutes a lot and whose recycling is far from obvious. Digital technology is ubiquitous in our societies and economies, which points to future supply problems. As with all industrial sectors, we need to be sober in our consumption to manage the finite limits of our planet and its resources. 
For more details, I encourage you to explore the resources provided in the podcast description. This podcast was produced by The Shifters, volunteers supporting The Shift Project. The Shift Project is a French think tank advocating the shift to a post-carbon economy. Stay tuned for more shifts.